standby passengers, see me at the podium near city center. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Monique, Laura, and Tyler are three friends that work for a major airline as gate agent, flight attendant, and ramp worker. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. Welcome to Non Rev Lounge. I'm Tyler, and this week I'm here with Lara. We don't have Monique with us this week. Monique got invited to a football game, so I said, "Go do that. That'd be fun." That's why we decided to do this. So, yeah, welcome aboard. So, and but we have our first guest this week. Our, we're going to have Jake on with us. He's in the route planning department for his airline, and he's Non Rev a bunch. So, welcome to the show, Jake. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome, Jake. Before we get to know Jake, a few things. First, we got our first review of the new year and of our season two. Here's, we got a review from Patty, Patty Pom Pom, and the title of it is New Host. Hmm, wonder who that could be. I have really enjoyed this podcast. As a longtime airline employee, I still get great tips on traveling from this show. Laura adds a great side to this travel triangle. I kind of like that travel triangle. Would love to hear more work stories too. Thanks for switching it up. So there's our review, our first review. Woo! Thanks, Patty. Do you know Patty? Is she your friend? I of yours? do actually. <laughs> okay. In the matter of self-disclosure, I should probably say that. No, that's really nice that uh, she left that for us. I followed Jake on social media for a while. I'm not sure how long, but so even when we were doing this podcast, I kind of knew that I wanted to have Jake probably for over a year join us. And then we were in Dorkfest. All three of us were in Dorkfest last year, and I I saw you there, Jake, and I said. I think that's Jake that I follow that travels all the time. Like I feel like I travel a decent amount, but the, the amount of travel you do, I get jealous of. So I said, I said I'm going to go. To, you know how social I am. Yeah. Laura. <laughs> I just talk to everyone, but I said I need to go talk to him. And so we got talking, and I, I believe you had just got back from Switzerland, and you were planning a trip to Iceland. Does that sound right? Yeah, uh, Dorkfest was right between the two. Yeah, so you were like in the middle of two big trips, and I was jealous. But it was nice to, to finally meet you and talk to you a little bit. And then and then this last, you just barely got off a big trip. That's what we're going to talk about today a bunch. And I just was watching it on. We, we actually talked about you. So people that heard our first show, this is our third show, heard us kind of mention a little bit, but we didn't get in too much. Touch. And then so it was nice to get, have, a, have you on. But So well, I, I follow you on Twitter and Instagram. It's Jake's on a plane on Instagram and Jake's on a plane underscore on Twitter. Do you have other places that you share that you want to? Um, th- those are pretty much my main. Definitely uh, Instagram okay. is where I keep up with my live travels the most. Yeah, that was fun to watch all your, <laughs> your stories. And then you're still posting stuff because you had so many cool things you saw. Yeah, I went through his Instagram and I deep liked a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to put it right out there. Yes, I deep liked it. <laughs> <laughs> really great great photos thank you it yeah. took me a second to put two and two together <laughs> when i saw all those likes come through <laughs> like what <laughs> so we're gonna do a quick round of questions do you want to ask them laura yeah i'll ask them if that's okay okay yeah. so jake how long have you worked for your airline so i have been full-time now for seven years started in december of 2014 i was actually an intern two times before that as well so counts a little bit. I got to keep my employee number for my internship. So I like to count those as like my step into the airline industry. That counts. Right. And that's 
that's how, Monique's been there about seven years too, right, Tyler? Yeah, I think hers is about seven years now, six, seven. So that's I'm just coming up on fourteen years next next month. So it's crazy. It, I've been there since I was twenty. That's my standard answer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say about seven years, too, because that's when the airlines merged. That's how long you've been with yeah. this airline. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's how long I've been with this airline. All right. So, Jake, at what point in your life did you become so big into aviation and traveling? Yeah, it's kind of funny. So my dad was actually a Navy pilot, but I was never really into aviation back then as a kid. But my biggest hobby was going to like theme parks, amusement parks, roller coasters, all that stuff. That was like my first love as a kid. So as I got older, I just started traveling to theme parks all around the USA um, with my friends. And then eventually, you know, that extended to going to Mexico, going to Europe, going to Japan. So doing that, I just learned a lot about all the different airlines. And, I, you know, as a natural nerd, just kind of became an av geek, knowing what all the different aircraft types were and wanting to try all the different ones. So the interest just kind of grew naturally uh, through that hobby. And when I was in college, I was just like, there was a day. I don't remember why. I was just like, I'm going to apply for internships at like all the airlines. And luckily, one of them said yes. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, very cool. Oh. Yeah. And so for me, it's two different times because I was traveling, loving traveling when I was young. Road trips even. And then once I could fly, it was I just wanted to travel. And even I got the airline job. Aviation wasn't an interest. It was just I wanted to fly. But then in the last couple of years, it's kind of really turned into both. Like, I love aviation and I love traveling. So, And I, I like aviation and traveling. But I have to admit that when I started following Tyler on Instagram and was watching all of his aviation photography, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And it, it reignited my love of aviation and of traveling. And I do believe I have av geek status. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Being in your current job, is it hard getting time off to travel? Because you're like in a office setting. Am I correct? Yeah, so that's correct. Yeah, I'm a salary position. So it's a pretty typical like Monday through Friday, nine to five type job. So I don't have like the flexibility like a lot of airline employees do to like trade shifts or things like that. So that's what I guess that would be the only downside to the travel aspect of it. But at the same time, um, I feel like we have a pretty generous PTO policy and my department is like really supportive of taking time off. You know, we work it out with our teams. So I don't usually have any sort of problem taking off when I want to. And I try to be like creative and combine uh, PTO with like a holiday. So I can only take off a couple of days, but have a longer break. So just That's try perfect. to be, yeah, save as much as I can. Yeah, that works. Yeah, nice. That's what I think for both. This question was for you mainly because I think both of us are able to like, <laughs> work drop shifts and then move things around but as i was curious about as much as you travel how hard it was so that's interesting yeah well you, you're working for an airline you think they would understand that it definitely perfected the weekend trip oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay so what's your favorite airline other than your own that you've flown Ooh, on? that's i know that's a rough one it, it's hard not to lean towards some of the asian carriers i feel like they all just have Really good, hard product, but also excellent service. A Qatar Airways comes to mind. Virgin Australia was actually really good. Uh, Singapore Airlines were all really good. Actually, one sleeper that was really good, and I'm kind of bummed because I, I don't know what their current status is, was Hong Kong 
Airlines. Oh. Out of Hong Kong. Yeah. They fly um, A350s. They probably had like the best economy meal service I'd ever experienced on a long haul flight. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's hard not to go with those as some of my favorites. But. Oh, what about good. you, Tyler? So it's a. I haven't traveled like as many airlines as you have. I think just because you Zed so much, and we'll get into that later. But I had a great experience on uh, SAS this year. But I think I, I've always had a great experience on Alaska. They've always been so good to me. So I don't know if they're my favorite, but that's someone that an airline that I've really just I always have been had good success, and then just their customer service has been great with Alaska Airlines. I I kind of lean towards KLM. I I took them into Africa. And I just kind of like the white glove service, you know, tea service. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I lean towards service. Unlike KLM, this summer I had a kid screaming for an hour behind me, so it wasn't KLM, it was that kid that gave me the bad taste. (laughs) That's funny. All right, so Jake, when you describe your job to someone that's not in the industry, what do you tell them you do for work? (laughs) For someone that's not in the industry, kind of at the highest level, it's uh, deciding where we fly and when we fly and just yeah, evaluating how, how flights and routes are performing and try to decide what's best uh, for the airline financially and operationally. That's perfect. Yeah. That's cool. What do you tell them, Laura? Do you tell them you're the snack lady? I do. I say I'm the snack lady. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I tell people when you look at the windows, the the person you see basically, I'm one of them. Except for like the fuelers, I kind of do everything below the wing. So that's kind of my Tyler, do you do those crazy moves with the batons where you're dancing? And send it- uh, not the dancing. <laughs> yeah, I but, can't uh, see you doing that. <laughs> I am trained to bring, to bring the plane in. <laughs> All right. So, Jake, tell us more about network planning. Yeah. So, actually, I've only been in network planning for about the last year. So, I spent my first six years and my internships in tech ops, uh, supply chain specifically. So, I actually worked on two or three different teams there. Um, basically, the high-level description of that would be getting parts where they need to be to meet schedules for different, uh, you know, maintenance projects that we were doing. So not like cups and napkins and stuff. Cause when you say supply chain, that was my first thought. Yeah, no, it was strictly aircraft maintenance. If it's a part that makes the airplane fly, that was, uh, that was us. Sounds important. <laughs> definitely is. Definitely was a very stressful, but also you got to work on really, really cool stuff over there. So I just, uh, I was ready for something new and my AvGeek side wanted to explore network planning. So when the opportunity came up, I just decided to to go for it. And I love them both. That's great because you can pad that resume. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is the last is the last year for you been stressful with just trying to define when to fly something, but also COVID, like what's, what is going to be, is, is that fun yeah, for your, you guys? As you know, with like all the different ways of, COVID, everything just continuously changes. So basically, you know, we're having to adjust based on the current environment. So one week it might be adding, one week it might be subtracting. So it's just a constant roller coaster ride. You just have to be ready for anything. Um, but cool. you can't let it get to you because whether you're adding or taking away flights, just try to, either way, the subject matter is still interesting. So just focus on that and what's best, uh, what's the best outcome for the airline. So that's the rewarding part is you have a, big impact based on the decisions uh, that you make. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's what the, the route planning has always kind of been like a dream of mine to get into just the, 
deciding, like you said, where you go and, and what you do. I, I, I told you um, before, I did a, a like a day job shadow with my airline's route planning department, and it was right before even the maxes went down. So right after that, because our airline has maxes, yep. so they, they, they pulled the maxes out, and that was crazy, and then COVID hit. And so just the thought of like them deciding those things with – it was been like uh, – I'm sure it's been crazy. So I, I, I hope people understand. Like, it's more than just kind of throwing a dart at a board. So it's cool what you guys get a, behind the scenes do. And it's, I'm not a people person, large <laughs> people. But just to be able to like put that schedule together. And so I know a lot of people I go to work with. They don't. They don't know. They don't care. They yeah. just, the plane's there. They load it. It goes. But there's a lot more to it. So that's very cool that you, you get it. Yeah, it, it's hard like to like hold your tongue when you see everyone's comments about what route should be flown and whatnot because <laughs> oh, there is so <laughs> much data and so much consideration across so many departments that goes into it. So every decision has yeah. a very complicated reason behind it. I bet. Very cool. Is that, is, but, do you feel like, see, could you see yourself being there for a long time then? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. No, I can't wait to see um, what opportunities come up. And I, I tell people it's never too late because I think one of the greatest parts about being in an airline is you can have five different careers over the course of, you know, 40, 50 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Let's, let's get to know your, uh, your traveling a little bit now. <laughs> the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into your, some of your stats because I know you put up <laughs> on Scram your, uh, what's it called? Like your map of where you've been. And, and so tell us a little bit about uh, how many trips, your flights you've taken, the airlines, how many airlines countries stuff like that it's kind of interesting yeah so i use like my flight radar to check all my flights every year i started in 2013 when i was an intern so from from that moment to now i'm at uh 944 flights as a passenger whoa so hopefully hopefully i'll hit a thousand in 2022 i don't see why not yeah i'd probably say 90 percent of those are probably non-ref I, I try not to buy a ticket because every time i buy a ticket i feel like there's an empty seat next to me and i feel dumb <laughs> But sometimes it just makes more sense. So I would say probably about 90% of those are non-rev. And I'm actually at exactly 40 airlines that I have flown wow. on. Wow. So I am not afraid to use whoever it takes to get wherever I'm going. And I like, like we talked about earlier, I like trying out all the different carriers. Because they are so different, especially in like seats and service. And I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it I is. would find that interesting. And then country-wise, um, my last count, I'm about 35 countries. Wow. So wow. not too shabby for seven years. but No, it's great. Are you trying to cross off countries or you just, you just happen to hit 35 countries? Yeah, it, it's kind of a mix. There's a lot still on my bucket list. And I, I don't have like an end goal. Like it's not, I don't want to, it's not like I want to hit 50 or hit 100. So it's not like I'm chasing okay. them. But I just, there's so many places I want to see. And every place is so different. That just drives me to, to new places. But I go back to a lot of places that I've already been because I really like them too. Well, it seems like watching you, sometimes you'll do these like big destination trips. And then it seems like sometimes you'll go to just fly. Do you do some of that too? Like as long as I do two like five day fly flights on one airplane. Yeah. And like if, a, too, a, little bit. if a new like livery comes out sometimes or a new yeah. aircraft type. Definitely will go fly to do those or like inaugural flights are really fun. So thanks to all the new destinations, that was one like plus to COVID is a lot of airlines added new destinations chasing leisure traffic. So yeah, got a chance to do a lot of inaugural flights. And those are just fun at peak moments, as I'm sure you know, like a really good yeah. atmosphere. Do you, do you buy tickets for the inaugural flight? 
Uh, a mix. A mix. Uh-huh. Yeah, it depends on the market. Uh, try to use points too if I can. That's another oh. like big thing too. Good. Rack up, rack up points when uh, the seats aren't looking too good. So that's a great idea. That's a great yep. backup. How many uh, flights did you take last year? Uh, yeah, in, in 21, I hit 98 flights. So just shy of 100. Oh, during COVID. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it was a slight down year, like average wise, but still better than 2020. So we're heading back in the right direction. But still, yeah, with COVID and then you're working a full-time job. It's yeah. not like it's a, you have a, yeah. I think I was averaging 112 before I got married. <laughs> but a lot of mine were small flights. I was back and forth to Salt Lake to see family. It wasn't. You're traveling the world like we're <laughs> here so all right very cool so you just got back from your big trip recently when we kind of mentioned earlier so why don't you give us kind of a, a five minute rundown or so and just kind of tell us about that trip how you got there what you did and then and then i think we have a list of questions we'll oh i do ask to find out more oh I yeah do. definitely so i i love asia visiting the continent it's been one of my favorite destinations so far and but, you know, during COVID, they've been probably the most closed off region to travel. So when I heard in the news that Singapore was uh, opening this vaccinated travel lane program to like 12 different countries, including the U.S., like instantly I was like, I got to go. It's been almost three years since I've been to Asia since 2019, early 2019. And I had like the... A, you have to have like a digital vaccine proof, which luckily I had through like CVS. So I, I had everything on their checklist to go. And I've always wanted to go. It wasn't like near the top of my list, but it was always on my list. So I just decided to go for it. It was actually like, I actually booked like hotels a month or two in advance. It was one of the rare trips that I actually planned out. And you kind of have to during COVID, you have to plan out a little more in detail. So I had that all figured out how to, you know, how to get into the country, hotels and whatnot, but then how to get there. They only allow like specific flights. It has to be like an approved flight. So I was like, okay, like oh, wow. I was going to go through like Amsterdam, but then I realized that the Amsterdam Singapore flight for VTL only operates two days a week. So I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. And then some of the other options, like through Air France or uh, I think uh, Finnair was another one. The, the seats were just disappearing. Like Omicron was raging in Europe. I was like, oh, maybe that's not the best idea. And then I researched and found out that Sydney, despite being closed for tourism or Australia, allows you to transit for 72 hours. It's like, that is oh. just so crazy. Because when you yeah. hear about Australia, all you hear is how it's it's shut down. Yeah. I I would have never thought in a million years I would be going to Australia last year. <laughs> like that <laughs> never crossed my mind. But here within like a week of the trip, it, it came to to fruition. And now the the only caveat was I did have to buy a ticket from Sydney to Singapore, but that cost was only slightly more than non-revving through Europe. Cause that would have been like at least two long legs. I would have had to pay the Z, the Z fare yeah, for yeah. And luckily I was actually a, a companion for another airline. So I was able to fly business class to Sydney, which was awesome. So it's like 16 hours. And then, uh, yeah, I actually spent two days there before, uh, hopping on the confirmed flight on Singapore Airlines, which was also an A380, which was really cool to get another A380 flight in. Okay, that's my goal. My goal is the A380. And yeah, it was kind of like it came together perfectly in the last minute. And I, I still can't kind of believe it worked out that well. <laughs> okay, now, so you had to have a confirmed ticket to, to go into Sydney. Yeah, to transit, you have to, like when I checked in in LA, I showed them my confirmed ticket out of Sydney. And there's actually a visa as well if you're going for like you can go for eight hours or less and not have a visa if you just stay in the airport 
but from eight to 72 hours, you just apply online. It's free. It's the 771 visa that you have. Yep. Yep. Just uploaded my flight on there, passport. And I think I even uploaded my like entry pass in the Singapore for VTL. And it got approved in like a day. Wow. That's great. Okay. So then you got to Singapore. Yes. Got to Singapore. The only downside was like from the time I started planning this trip and booking hotels to when I went, they changed the rules for testing. So I did have to, (laughs) I did have to take a large number of COVID tests, but it ended up not really affecting my trip. None of the tests took any more than like 10 minutes. So, and I landed at night, I got my results by the morning. So I had a full week to explore Singapore and yeah, it went off without a hitch. That's great. Loved it. Okay. So I was looking through your pictures and you've got those, (laughs) that the food street picture at night with all the lights. That's so cool. Yeah, I stayed in Chinatown, which is after exploring Singapore for a week, I would say is 100% the best place to stay. It's centrally located to everything. So you're right next to downtown, but you're also right next to like Sentosa, where a lot of the fun activities are. And two of like the biggest metro lines in Singapore run through Chinatown. And it's cheap. Like Chinatown is actually, there's really cheap options there if you're budget conscious um, in the food. Yeah, there is so much food. There's like 10 different hawker centers around Chinatown where you can get amazing, even Michelin star rated meals for less than 10 bucks. Okay, well, let's talk about your hotel because your hotel with that negative edge pool that looked out over Singapore. Okay, did you stay there the entire time? So I did splurge a little bit uh, right next to Chinatown at that hotel called the Park Royal Collection Pickering. I stayed there for four nights. Wow, it's beautiful. So yeah, I did that one for four nights. And then I transferred to Marina Bay Sands for my last two nights because that was like a bucket list item forever. So I just went for it. And why was that a bucket list? The pool. Oh yeah, that pool. (laughs) Yeah, it has that 57 floor infinity edge pool that goes across like all three towers of the hotel overlooking downtown. That's just something I've always wanted to do. So Yeah, that was awesome looking. Yeah, so I splurged a little bit on hotels this trip, but I was like, you know what? It's my big bang end of the year trip. I kind of I went big. Well, your, <laughs> your hotel in Sydney was beautiful too. The, the one that overlooked the the harbor there. Yeah. You took pictures there that look like the professional like. <laughs> it looked so good at day and night, so. Yeah, I I knew I had to wait to get my negative result in Sydney also before leaving the hotel. So I figured it'd be a few hours. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get a place with a good view. And I just found that like looking on, you know, booking.com or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that view is incredible. And it's right next to the train station. It was only like $20 more for a superior view room. And if you're stuck there, why not get a superior? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I spent my first day there and yeah, I figured out how to open the window. (laughs) that was the key and yeah the pictures and views and the the weather like everything lucked out it was a beautiful night and i liked your picture in front of the opera house (laughs) yeah your solo picture (laughs) yes eight years later i finally got a solo picture at the opera house uh once i was set free (laughs) that's funny so in sydney you had two days but one day you were in quarantine is that what you planned? Yeah. Three days. Before? No, yeah, you, you nailed it. It was two days with the first day in quarantine. So originally I was just going to transfer the same day. Well, I was like, yeah, that's no fun. So I knew I had to spend the first day in quarantine in order for the second day to be to be free. So it worked out. Rested up. And hey, have you been to Sydney before then? I'm guessing. Yeah, I had once back in like 2013. That was actually my first trip, international trip. 
okay. Yeah, I, I dated a girl from Australia, so I finally got to go oh. solo. <laughs> <laughs> and get your but, picture. Uh, and get your picture solo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I'd been like downtown Sydney before, but this time I went over to Bondi Beach, which I had never seen. And that entire coastal area was just gorgeous. Isn't that beautiful? I love Bondi Beach. Yeah. yeah. That's, I need to get down there. I have never been down to Australia. I was hoping to do it soon, but that's why it seems like things have been so locked down. So when you, I saw you were doing it, I was like, oh, perfect. Well, you can do it for 72 hours. Just buy a cheap ticket somewhere else. <laughs> I can't believe you found that little loophole. Yeah, exactly. It's what I've been calling it. It really was a loophole. Like one of the waitresses was like, you're the first American I've seen in two years. Oh, see. Okay. Well, the, they, Very cool. they changed the quarantine rule only four days before I got there. It used to be like 14 days and then they dropped it to 72 hours and then they dropped it to once you get a negative test. Oh, that's cool. Okay. That's cool. Cause I, so it was, it was perfect. Cause I know my friends that are, have overnights there, they go in, they are not given room keys. When they get to the hotel, they're locked in their rooms and they are not given room keys. The food is delivered to them. So I thought, wow, that's really strict. So good for you. And I think they just changed it for crew that same week. But the problem is you have to get a test result fast enough. And they're only there for a short time. Oh, but I also found a trick. If you have an international departure, the airport does ninety-minute PCR tests for only like fifty-nine dollars. Okay, that's a great tip. Yep, yeah. and yep. you can you can just make a non-rev listing and be like, "Yeah, hey, I have a flight." Well, perfect. They just look at it; they don't scan it or anything. Okay, I kind of want to talk about your Bumble date. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Jake went on a Bumble date while he was in Singapore. Yeah, that man, you have cojones. That's actually a true story. Okay, tell us. I was like, all right, I'm going for a week. I actually would have a chance to like hang out and meet somebody. So I met a really cool girl who was there for work, and And she was cute. Yeah, and really cool, smart, funny girl. Had a great time. So we actually hung out twice. So that was that was good. Where did you go? So the first night we went to a rooftop bar just outside of Chinatown. It's in an area called the Boat Key. And it's a really cool area along the river there in downtown Singapore where they have like a lot of really like it's one of those streets with like 50 restaurants all close together with all the patios. Um, And this one had a rooftop. And then you're overlooking you're overlooking all of downtown Singapore. Oh, that's so beautiful. So, yeah, it was it was expensive, but beautiful. But during COVID, they only allow you to drink alcohol until like 1030 p.m. So that helped us. It's like keep it at bay, not break the bank too much. Yeah. So it worked out pretty nice. And then uh, and then we went for a walk down to the water and to the uh, Merlion. So got to see that. So it was a perfect night. Honestly, I, I can't believe how well it went over. So I was really happy. I kind of went out of my, it was that was out of my comfort zone for sure. But she asked me to, and I was like, you know, why not? I'm here. Yeah. Did you kiss her? You know, I don't like to oh! kiss and tell too much, but... There was a second date, so... Okay, good, good. So I had a question about, because in our last show, it's about, because um, we just got back from our Germany trip, and we used Sherpa. How did you find out kind of the rules and restrictions of where to go? Where, where do, is there another website, or what do you use to kind of learn about for your... I Google three words, Sherpa travel map. Okay, oh. so you use the same thing. <laughs> that is the best tool i have found by far throughout this pandemic because before that i was googling so many different sites looking for stuff yeah it's a, it's a, I, yeah. I explained that our airline has a link to it right in the main ones but you don't have to go to our line it just that sure but and it seems like they do a really good job being up to date like they do i w- i will say however 
flying United to Sydney, they have a really good feature on their website too. Okay. That kind of, the I was actually thing. really impressed. It kind of breaks down. Yeah. Like- yeah. You put in where you're going, you can even put in where you're transiting and it looks up both. Oh, wow. nice. I, I was just trying to make sure they're going to let me board that flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was actually really surprised, but, but Sherpa is my go-to for sure. That's why I was going to ask you about that. Cause our airline, we don't have Z agreements as far as like business class, but I saw you in business class on that flight down there. And I was like, Oh, how did he do that? I was wondering if you sweet talk the flight attendants <laughs> or it, you have a, a deal or a bet. So yeah, I was a, I was a companion, but other airlines in the past, I've had some luck, but it, it's still more rare to get upgraded. I would say. Do, does your airline have those agreements, or do you guys? Know no, it's a we don't. Need no, yours? it's it's just been luck of the draw. Oh, nice. What, what have you found is your been your best success? Sky Team. Sky Team. Yeah, Delta. I've been upgraded from Tokyo and Virgin Atlantic from uh, London. Do you have any tips of you suck up to people a little bit? Are we we talk no, about just to get. Dress nice. I just say hi. How are you doing? I, I'm I'm a pretty casual person. How, how are you dressed? <laughs> oh, nice. Are you wearing like business attire or what? No, usually jeans and a polo. Collared, like middle. Yeah, like a collared <laughs> polo. So middle of the road. Not not too fancy, but usually not in shorts. Yeah. Well, nice. If I'm if I if I'm zetting on another carrier, yeah. The, the U.S. carrier is a little different. They're a little more relaxed. Okay, I have a question. You said. And Next Trip Podcast, our friends at Next Trip Podcast would would love this because you flew premium economy on your second leg. Which which leg did you fly? The and you paid two hundred dollars. I fl- I actually flew A and A home, and they allow you to pay the week of the flight to upgrade if there's seats available. So the minimum was two hundred dollars, and I just wanted to try it. Absolutely, it, it was a twelve hour flight, and uh, I really liked it. I. I feel like on a full flight, premium economy is really good. I mean, with the with the bigger recline, the bigger seat width, I'm able to sleep pretty good in those seats. But if the flight's not full, I don't think it's worth it. Oh, so was that a, a right. was that a guaranteed seat then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one was. Did did you have to have that to come back? Or was that was it one of the restrictions of? No, you didn't have to, but well, partially to go through Japan. Yes. Okay. I could I could have gone many I could have gone the long way or whatever non rev but being New Year's and getting back to work um, once again for this trip the price was only slightly more than zetting I find like if you're going to like far Asia or Africa sometimes you can get confirmed tickets for just as much as doing like two long haul zed fares okay did okay. you did you fly um, New Year's Day you flew home yeah did you yeah, New Year's did you Day. think about doing the where you like celebrate and then hop on a flight <laughs> and then fly back to the States and then celebrate again because you know, you can, because the time change, you can actually, if you hit it right, did you think about doing that or was that you you can from certain destinations? I don't know if Singapore has the right time. I don't, I, I know like further East you can, like in some of the islands. Oh, okay. I definitely think that's a good, like future bucket list. I think but, I, uh, I, I saw, I celebrated at midnight and went straight to the airport. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 6am departure. Oh, nice. That's I, I, our friend Greg said he was pointing out some that he said we should do that. It was some from Guam or some of those yeah. that they have where because it leaves mm-hmm. just after midnight. But yeah, I think Tahiti is a good one. That'd be fun. So sign me up for a future trip. <laughs> <laughs> we could do the the non-rev lounge New Year's ex- experience. Okay, so I want to kind of talk to you about the beaches of Sentosa. Yes, Sentosa Island is definitely a highlight. So it's an island. 
yeah, it's basically an island right across from uh, downtown Singapore. And you can take a, take a monorail or there's actually a bridge or you can take a cable car, which it's the most expensive option, but definitely the most exciting. And that's what you did. So, yes, I definitely recommend it. Totally worth it. You can get like an all day pass. You can just zoom all around. There's two different cable car lines. I love that. That Your photos were great. Yeah, it's a perfect full day. There, there's so much to do on the island. So you could probably kill two days there if you really wanted to. And, and it was hot. You said it was really hot. Yeah, it was like mid 80s, but felt like mid 90s oh. with the humidity. So yeah, you got to embrace the sweat. And definitely have a lot of pool afternoons <laughs> or the beach. the beach. Were there any nude beaches? <laughs> I, I don't think in Singapore uh, they're still pretty strict about that. But uh, maybe if I would have stayed in Australia longer, uh, could have found one. <laughs> yeah, I should have done one more day. I should have done like sixty-four hours or whatever. I don't know. max it out. <laughs> okay, tell us about Sky Helix. Yeah, so I talked talk about it earlier. Like theme parks and attractions are a huge thing for me. So it's basically like a bar that you sit at that has no floors. So your, your feet are dangling. Nope, nope, nope. And it, it, <laughs> it just goes up this tower like 100 feet. And it includes a drink. It was like 15 bucks. And it just spins at like the top of this tower with your feet dangling. And you just enjoy your drink and take in the like 360 degree views of Singapore. That's So it only opened like two weeks ago or two weeks before I went. So got super lucky. That's like a bucket list thing, um, really. Definitely wouldn't want to miss that. And then literally across the street, they have the Sky Luge. I saw that. Where you get in this little cart. Yeah, and you basically ride down the mountain in this little cart. It looks so fun. And it's up to you. Yeah, like they actually get going really fast if you don't break. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of people are first timers. They're breaking and going pretty slow. But if once you learn, you know, to trust yourself a little bit. You get, were you, the, were yeah. you the biggest kid on there? Yeah, I think so. Actually, so it's kind of funny. I'm a big guy. The, the first time they had to find a different cart for me. <laughs> and it, it was still hard to break because I like it was hitting my legs. It looked really fun. So I was, yeah, I thought I was going to run over a little kid. So I was a little nervous, but super fun. That's great. Is this your first time to Singapore? Yeah, yeah, first time. How much time did you spend planning? Like all the stuff you wanted to do? Did you say it was a month, month's worth of like? getting stuff i had some ideas from like watching youtube videos or reading blogs about people had gone there what i wanted to do but it was really just that last week before i went where i really sat down and started booking a few things because of covid you have to make a lot of reservations yeah. for things time slots um didn't have any problem getting them a week in advance plenty of availability still except for restaurants actually yeah like that last week i put together like a little spreadsheet of what i wanted to do each day I planned out six full days. Oh, you and Tyler and your and, spreadsheets. Uh, Tyler's a big spreadsheet guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if I go somewhere, I want to get my money's worth. Like, you're going to go there. You want to get six days. But other people I know, they have a great time just kind of winging it and don't have any regrets. But I'm kind of, I'm a planner. I want to get my money's worth. So I, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's what's very similar to me. So I, yeah, I just do it because I want to make sure I see like the most epic stuff i can while i'm there yeah. i don't want to miss something if i wing it you know what i mean yeah well, well that's what we can always go back you know it's not like it's a once in life we can go back but if you're going to be there you want to make sure you get your money's worth so and Absolutely. i didn't know universal was there yes yeah i think don't quote me out well there's one in japan i don't know which one came first but 
There's three universals in Asia outside the U.S. And did you go on the Revenge of the Mummy? Yep. Okay, that I would do that. It's like the Orlando one, but it's still one of my favorite indoor rides. And it was a great way. That was the only day it rained, which honestly was perfect because a lot of the rides are indoors. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, Mummy was a great escape <laughs> from the rain. Did they have? Although I got soaked on Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great, though. Well, yeah, like I know a lot of people are like, "Why do you go all the way to?" singapore or japan just to go to universal but they have a lot of unique like versions of all the rides there that they don't have anywhere else so i still think it's worth it to go even if you're not like a super theme park nerd like me i think so too i'm not a big park person but boy i want to go in the last two shows we talked about lar talked about london and then i talked about germany and we talked about the differences of of lockdown like they let you go there but was it like masks everywhere or once you're there, you're kind of free. How was it in Singapore? Pretty much everything is open. So it's it's pretty close to normal life there. The, there's two things. A, you do have to mask pretty much everywhere. Okay. The only exception is if you're like jogging or biking. But like at the same time, if you wanted to like take a picture, everyone was cool with it. Like if you asked someone to take their picture, they'd, they'd, they'd even tell you like, pull your mask down, take a good picture. Oh, that's cool. So like people weren't like crazy about it. I was actually surprised about that. Like everyone was compliant but were relaxed about like exceptions if you know what i mean like eating drinking okay like at the bar yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and then the second part is you actually have to download an app called trace together a it shows your vaccination status on the app so you can get into all the venues and everything and then second you have to just like scan in like there's a qr code at the entrance to like all the malls or restaurants or theme parks so you just scan in and then when you leave you you exit so that's like their form of contract tracing but i guess if you had a close contact that's how they could alert you but i never heard anything yeah very cool that's what i i actually just i've been getting a bunch of messages not reason well when i first got back because we flew through london come back from germany and so someone must have got sick on one of my lutonza flights so i've been getting messages saying you need to do all this like quarantine i'm thinking i'm not even in in england anymore but because (laughs) i'd filled out those those forms i kept getting those so well that's it's interesting every country is different and had different rules and so i was just curious about how singapore's were yeah and like on the app or like they emailed you every day to submit your self-test results because they wanted you to take a self-test so like it was just like honor system like test yourself or just to kind of let them know how you're feeling make sure that you know like just symptoms or actual like a test a physical uh they want you to do a self-test in the morning before you leave your hotel room for the first like seven days okay Interesting. So that that did take a few minutes each morning, but once you did that, they left you alone. <laughs> so I, I think that you had posted on social media that you took seven tests total on the trip. Is that right, or is that what you were planning? So it ended up being thirteen, oh actually. Oh. If you can't, but I, it doesn't. It's not as bad as it sounds. I took three before I left. Uh, I took two PCR tests just because I didn't know which day I was going to fly because I was non arriving to Sydney and. Some of those flights were getting canceled. It was actually the one the next day ended up getting canceled. So I was very lucky. And then I took like a rapid one the morning before I left just to be sure. And then I had to take two in Sydney because they actually give you an arrival and a departure test. And then in Singapore, it was seven tests because you have to do one the first seven days. And then I actually, the one that you, the self-test doesn't work. The $5 one that they have you do doesn't work for travel. So I had to go to like a little swab station is what it was called on on my seventh day to get like a 20 it was like 28 bucks 
to get a rapid test to fly back to the U.S. Okay. I had like a letter, you know, so, yeah, that has all the details. Yeah. 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 So even though I had to go through like all those steps and all those like COVID procedures, like I was able to do every single thing I wanted to do. Like it didn't affect my trip really at all. But you're used to it because like we've said, you went to a bunch of countries in the last, during COVID. I mean, this isn't, wasn't a, a new thing, I guess, for you. Just the learning how to how to handle COVID and how to handle travel during COVID. Yeah, I did Europe like five times. And well, when the U.S. had the three-day requirement, you could do like long weekend trips without even testing overseas because you could just do it here in the morning before you leave. Yeah, that's what uh, we have a friend in yeah. Dallas for our lane and he would do that all the time and then they changed it to one day and so but yeah. back then he would yeah do it fly out go do our plane spotting that we do and then hop on a flight <laughs> back and yeah not have to yeah. deal with it but but at least with the rapid test i still have found it pretty easy like in iceland or Singapore, whatever to find one for for less than 30 bucks so what would you tell people that are a little worried about traveling internationally right now or what would you is there anything you'd kind of give advice for those people? Well, right now, like I was lucky. I got my booster right before I went. That made me feel a lot better. Also, I was able to get, and I think it it's actually, no one asked for it, but it's actually required for Singapore is you can buy like a week of health insurance that covers COVID-19 hospitalization or quarantine costs. That's the big one. Okay. Cause like the worst case that's going to happen is you're going to p- test positive overseas. And you have to stay in a hotel for like a week. Yeah, and it could even be a false positive, and so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be on your own dime 90% of places you go. But for 30 bucks, I was able to get a plan that covered up to $30,000 in costs related to COVID overseas. That's a great so that's a great tip. That Yeah, that made me feel so much better about the risk. Like, I don't want to stop living my life, but I still need to, you know, take some steps to to be careful in case something does happen. Was that $30 a day or $30 for the whole trip? No, total oh, for the oh, whole wow. week. Yep. Was that through uh, the government or did you work with the people um, that they were interested? No, I th- like Singapore's uh, website with all the vaccinated okay. travel lane information had links to different companies that offered it in Singapore. Oh, very nice. But I would assume there's equivalents in, in different countries that you go to. Okay. And those three words that you Googled, was Sherpa and what else? <laughs> Sherpa Travel Map. It's a really cool page where you put in where you're from, where you're going, what your vaccination status is, and it tells you where you can go and where you can't go, and what if they have quarantine or don't have quarantine, test pre-testing or not. It's been super helpful. That's great. Very cool. We'll put a link to that in the show notes yeah. for the show because I think we'll, yeah. we talked about it in the second show. We'll have it in both. So if people are looking to travel. Now, that's a great tool that's out there. Absolutely. And I like to go places like where you can like do nature stuff, you know, like you can prioritize different trips right now, like avoid crowded places. And I've been overseas six times, you know, this year and haven't had an issue doing that. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That... Wow. Six times. So before this trip with you, I, I don't, I knew Singapore was big and the airport is beautiful from the pictures but i've never heard a lot or what known what to do so it was really cool for me to see your photos and kind of follow your your trip and and now i want to go see singapore add it to my bucket list so very cool yeah it's much larger than i thought and there was there was a lot to do i could have probably done another two days you know of other parts of the island i didn't even touch so very cool very cool so what is 
some of your travel goals this year, Jake, or your, uh, <laughs> so, so far I have four things on my bucket list. Typically in like a normal year, I try to do like one international trip a quarter. There'll be random weekend trips or long weekend trips. I sometimes squeeze in, but this year I really want to do Machu Picchu. That's been on my list for a long time. And it's one of those places I feel like could close at any time, you know? Yeah. So um, that could be, I'm looking maybe doing that in the late spring time frame. Once the weather uh, gets a little better there, it's rainy season right now. But uh, either late spring or early fall are good times to go there. And then this summer, if all goes to the plan, I'm hoping to go to Greece and do some island hopping. Oh, yeah. I love Greece. Yeah. So that's something. I've only been to one island, so I want to do a lot more of that. So that one, that's probably the one that's most likely to happen for sure. And then we talked about a little bit that I went to Switzerland this fall and I loved it. And I really want to go back and finish a lot of the things I didn't get to do the first time. So I have that as a possibility for like late summer, like late August, early September. And then lastly, in the fall, I'm thinking of doing something like, and I might pronounce this wrong. So no one judge me. Um, I say Cappadocia. It's in Turkey. And it's a really cool town that has like cave dwellings and hot air balloons. And there's some good hiking and maybe even add like another coastal town into that trip as well. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for 2022 right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that. That's a lot. That's And then lots of national parks in between probably. <laughs> Quick week weekends away from headquarters. Yeah, domestically. Yeah. yeah Very cool. Here's my tip for Machu Picchu is take your passport with you although i don't know why you wouldn't have it with you anyway but they will give you a stamp they stamp they oh very cool machu picchu you know i did not get a stamp in sydney or singapore and i'm really upset about it (laughs) you have to ask in some countries for a stamp yeah they're all going electronic these days Uh, that's a good tip because that would be awesome oh interesting all right so before we get into some of your your tips and close it out we just wanted to mention that our friend Brittany just took over our social media and so she's been doing a great job because we needed some more professionalism. So you probably see more stuff about Laura and Monique, which is great because she <laughs> likes them more. I knew, but, uh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> but so thank you to Brittany for doing that and and feel free to reach out and, and still come. We'll still be on there and answer questions and stuff, but uh, but uh, we want to do that. And she, she added uh, a link tree. It's, it links us to all of our different Twitter, Instagram, our email, and where you can find the show. So you'll see some of those links, and um, please share those with your your friends. Thank you for doing that, Brittany. Yeah, Brittany. Yay, Britt. All right, Jake, other than the Sherpa travel map, which is an excellent tip, what other tips do you have for us? Probably the one thing a lot of people know me for when it comes to non-riving is like creative routings and timings. So I'm big on like obviously trying to hit those early morning flights or late night flights because those typically are easier to fly on. So I don't always try to think of like getting to my destination in one shot. So if I can like take a late night flight somewhere, spend a night there and then take an early morning flight to my next destination, you know, that allows me to still maximize my, my time and destinations and also like have the most open flights. And sometimes you can even find cheaper places to stay on your way versus you know more expensive in your destination or whatever um and that's both domestically and internationally so i kind of just have a knack for coming up with unique ways to get places 
like this trip. <laughs> yeah, really. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I mean, there's times where that nonstop flight, you know, if you're trying to go to Paris, DFW Paris is wide open. That's great. But there's other times where you have to get really creative, purposefully overnight yourself somewhere on the way. And most of the time when I do that, I'm still getting to my destination at the same time I would have woke up there anyway. And that helps sleep on planes yeah. too. Like it all com comes together for me, like late night or early morning. It helps me sleep on the flight. You get there, you know, it seems like a lot quicker <laughs> when you can sleep and, and then you're ready to go when you get there and it helps fight jet lag as well. Oh, that's great. That's great. I think I would just follow along with him, but just uh, look at your routings and, and use those Z fares that are available to you. Because I think a lot of us get used to just using our airline, and it's nice because it's free. You know, ours is just free. But when you can uh, be able to get places and, and just kind of look outside the box for for destinations. No, I think that's really good because, like, when I fly one of the big three, there'll be like twenty, thirty people on standby. When I fly some of these foreign carriers, Z, I'm like the only person. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to be on in the flight. states. There's a lot more people that that use a, like a bus just to get around. I mean, but we would staff mm -hmm. travel outside of, of the states. It's it's not as common. So it's, yeah, that's cool. So everyone go follow Jake on his Twitter, and Instagram, and you can see all this stuff. And he's going to have some great pictures. I know because you just heard his four trips he's going to do this year or wants to do. Yeah, well, that um, would be my so, that would be my tip is to check out his Instagram first because yeah. he even has the little <laughs> stories on his profile. So you could just go to the story, those stories, and see what he did. See him back, yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah, the, the highlights, highlights live in the action. Yeah, it's like live in the action. Yeah, and I thought I was looking through those, going, "Oh, okay." I did not want to ever go to Singapore. That was never on my bucket list. But now I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> you did such a good job showing it and, and doing. So everyone, go follow Jake on a plane. Jake's on a plane. On Twitter and on Instagram, Jake on a plane underscore. Jake's on a plane. Really great. And we're going to have to have you on again because we didn't even get it. We already been, we, have, we didn't get into, have you ever got stuck? I mean, as much as you travel, I'm sure you have some stories about, some fun stories about doing that and other things. But so thanks for joining us and, and you've been a great guest. And hopefully everyone go look at the stories and, and our stuff and we'll, cause we'll link to his and, and you'll get to see all of his photos and things. So Jake's on a plane. And then, I'm tired of all these no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Jake's on a plane. <laughs> and one more thing. We just changed our Twitter handle. I found out how to do it because the one they assigned us was dumb. I never. So now it's at NonRevLoungePod. It's still the same account. So you're following us. It's on there. But uh, And so everyone, go check that out. Check, it, check his stuff out. And uh, and uh, and also leave us a review. Laura read one early, and we appreciate that. So thanks for being on, Jake. And uh We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Jake. All right, see ya. Bye.